Welcome back to the Free by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evan Williams, and this is episode 8. I want to start today's episode by talking about speculation. One thing you can always count on is a speculator saying that an economic downturn or a market correction is coming. Now, if they truly knew that, then they wouldn't be saying it publicly. They wouldn't need to. If they truly knew, then they would have gotten stupid rich a long time ago. And But it, it's funny, though, because they're right. A correction or a downturn is always coming. We just never really know exactly when or how intense it's going to be. And this is what makes it such a stressful and anxious situation. There's really only one thing that we all can do right now in preparation for either a correction or a downturn. That's extreme finance management. For me, this has centered on five key topics. Debt just-in-case savings, regular bills, personal spending, and finally personal savings. These are topics often discussed on financial sites, podcasts, and basically everywhere else. So I'm going to talk about these today as well, but I'm going to focus on how I was able to manipulate each one in a specific way to make myself more financially prepared for any possible future downturn or correction. Okay, so let's start talking about these five topics. Debt is the first and most important one. And quite simply, get rid of it. I went to school for finance and business and... I was taught from the very beginning that debt was a good thing when used properly. I now believe, through what I've actually experienced in life, that debt should be a solution of last resort. It certainly shouldn't be as widespread as it is. So when I say that it's the most important aspect and to get rid of it, what I mean is that if you have any type or level of debt, then you need to put the majority of your incoming funds towards paying it off as soon as possible. The reason is because debt is a game designed where the house typically wins. This is through terms and interest rates that are much more favorable to the lender. Now, we could go back and forth and argue about debt, but honestly, in the end, it's noise that's going to keep you away from what truly makes you happy. So, for me, I had a bit of debt, quite a bit of debt. In 2013, it was at its highest and was mainly made up of home loan and student debt. At the end of 2013, I moved to Scotland for three years uh, for work, and this set in motion the sale of the house that I had co-owned. This took care of the home loan. 
At that point, I threw everything that I could at my student loans. I paid double the minimum, and I often paid twice monthly. And the goal was really to clear it up as fast as I possibly could. I temporarily sacrificed quite a lot. I would forego any unnecessary spending in order to pay off more of the principal each month. It was initially very difficult, but as humans, we are adaptable. I got used to the lifestyle and my new spending restrictions as well. It was fine. Actually, I was better than fine. I was watching my loan principal amount drop significantly, really quickly. It was fantastic. By about 2015, I was completely debt-free. Nothing. No loans. No credit card balances. All debt was all gone. And it's been about five years now. And I still have not brought debt back into my life. I haven't because it truly feels incredible to be debt-free. Also, I live a bit of a dirtbag nomadic life. (laughs) It's by choice. I love it. And it means that short-term renting is my best way forward. It's not the same for everyone. Unfortunately, home ownership and real estate is so expensive that you need debt. You could certainly find affordable land or a modest place far away from cities and far away from where work is. But if you need that work, or if you prefer that city, then you're stuck. Debtless home ownership is, for the most part, not possible for most people. And what's worse is that so many people have lives where they need that stability of home ownership and are then forced into huge amounts of long-term debt. Okay, so continuing on with my story, we've taken care of debt, yes! (laughs) But what's next? Well, for me, it was just-in-case savings, which is almost as important as debt. Just-in-case savings is basically a safety net. Now, I'm a pretty cautious guy, so I like to err on the side of a larger safety net. And this, in practice, is just ready and accessible savings that can be used if you have an emergency that comes up and suddenly requires a large expenditure, prolonged time with no income, or both. The amount can vary, but it's ideally good to have about a half of a year of monthly living expenses saved. It'll soften the impact if, for say, you lose your job, have a sudden medical bill, any legal issues, or really just any unforeseen large expenditure. To get this done, I followed a similar approach to how I paid my debt down. I reeled in my spending and allocated the majority of my incoming funds to building this safety net. And once I got this in place for myself, I have to say, I felt so much peace of mind. It it allowed me to feel confident as well to move on to the next levels of extreme finance management. But I'll be honest, the feeling was not nearly as intense as when I cleared all of my debt. Savings 
is just not as sexy of a topic, I guess. Okay, even though savings is not as sexy of a topic as I would like, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to talk about general savings. So now that you've cleared up your debt and have your just-in-case savings in place, it's time to build general savings, and this is more long-term. For me, it's mainly IRAs and 401ks. These are both long-term savings accounts that have different types of tax incentives. But what most people don't consider, and what I want to talk about today, is how much you'll actually need. This is the most important step, in my opinion. How much you'll need in savings is directly contingent upon your lifestyle, how much you spend, your expenses, and how long you expect to have income. Ideally, I don't want to stop working. I get a sense of fulfillment, joy, and purpose with my work. As a result, I don't foresee myself stopping at a certain predetermined age. So this lowers the amount of savings that I'll inherently need in the future. I also live pretty meagerly. As I mentioned, I don't have debt. I have considerably lowered my regular expenses, and I'm very conscious about my daily spending. As a result, what I spend each month is rather low. And since I enjoy this lifestyle and this level of spending, I really feel that it's sustainable. And I feel that it's safe for me to assume that I'll maintain this in the future as well. So considering all of that, the amount required for savings is lowered substantially. So at this point, you could piece together a very simple spreadsheet to figure out specific numbers around the exact amount of savings that you'd really need. Okay, so after getting your debts paid off, your safety net is now in place, and you have your longer-term savings in place as well. It's time now to focus and tackle your regular reoccurring bills in order to achieve extreme finance management. Regular bills are those that you often assume to be required or necessary. And sometimes they are, but quite often they're not. It really all depends on your lifestyle. For me, I rent short term, and that means that I pay rent daily, weekly, or monthly, and utilities are included. You, however, may be paying debt to own a home or renting more conventionally, and you'd have more options as a result as to what you pay and what you don't pay. So for example, you may have the option to pay for cable TV. This is unnecessary and should be avoided when you're looking to achieve extreme expense management. Here are a couple other examples. When I was recently between jobs, I went without a mobile phone bill. When I co-owned a home, we didn't have a cable TV bill. I also kept other utility bills lower by being frugal with the services. I would take, you know, short, cool showers, for example. And the house was in an area with cold winters and rather hot summers. And we'd use the heating and air conditioning 
only when absolutely necessary. Our utility bills would always be rather low, sometimes even just above the baseline minimum charge for the service. I took pride in that. <laughs> I found that similar other areas in my life, when I applied a more simplified approach, it only made life better, which is often the opposite of what you may think. The recent times in my life where I had no phone, for example, were just blissful. It opens up your eyes to what's actually needed and required. Regular bills can and should be managed depending on your circumstances. If, like me, you find yourself between jobs, then cut back in an extreme way. Get rid of the, mo the mobile phone, your cell phone bill, and just use public Wi-Fi. I actually love living like this. My current job, however, requires me to have a phone and data, so I needed to bring that back into my life. But other examples are streaming services. You don't need Spotify Premium or Netflix or Amazon Prime. Okay, well, you might. If you're like a DJ or a cafe owner, then you may need Spotify Premium. But if not, these types of things are not necessary at all. And they'll only result in you wasting your most valuable asset, your time. Okay, now it's time for a real fun topic, the topic of spending. This is honestly where I struggle the most. Now, I don't spend a lot of money, but I've also not yet achieved extreme expense management in this area. And this is different than regular bills. Yeah, this is, this is spending on things like coffee, restaurants, books, clothes, travel, and other things like that. Uh, for example, I go to cafes every day. I could save a ton of money in this area if I stopped going to cafes, but honestly, it would be really hard for me to do that. As someone with a remote job, if I were to work from home every day, then I wouldn't have very much human interaction. Some people would love that, and that's cool. But for me, I love being around people. And so there's an added value for me with this type of spending. Travel is also where I come up short. With the remote job, I'm able to travel full-time, and I'm incredibly grateful for that but I do end up traveling quite a bit during the year. And typically, transportation expenses are the biggest uh, outlay of money for me. It's not sustainable, and I know that, and I, I try to keep it to a minimum and stay in places for multiple months. But it doesn't always happen like that. For expenses, though, I, I do use a credit card that reimburses me for these types of purchases, so... So that does help with managing the costs. Overall, this is certainly an area where I would in the future and have in the past reeled in spending situationally. For example, when I was strapped with debt, I didn't allow myself to spend a lot of money. I made sure that most of my income was used for paying down the debt. And similarly, if I have an unforeseen major expense in the future, 
then I will reel my spending in once again. Okay, so that's all the topics for today's episode. And to summarize quite simply, the biggest benefit with extreme finance management is freedom. For example, you get out from under the control of the lender and you prepare yourself for the uncertain future. So keep in mind, the most important and valuable asset that we have in life is time. So don't spend your time frivolously. Be mindful and present with your financial decisions. Operating on autopilot with your finances is not an option and it's problematic. So thanks for listening and keep cutting the noise and make room for what's essential. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, it would be amazing if you subscribe to my podcast. 